cool this nigga, what? Now hear this, I'm earless And I'm peerless, that means I'm eyeless Which means I'm tearless Which means my iris resides where my ears is Which means I'm blinded, but I'ma find it I can feel it's nearness But I'm a veer so I don't come near Like a chicken or a deer But I remember I'm not a listener or a seer So my windshield smear You know, every time I try to do some kind of wild intro, shit usually goes bad. <laughs> so I'm just going to stick with the, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Boundaries Podcast, where the facts are facts and opinions hurt people's feelings. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple iTunes, on Google Play, on SoundCloud. Still don't know what it is that you do on Spotify, but whatever it is, please go and do that. It's well, and it's Jay. Plain J. Plain J. Plain J. You know what? When I was thinking about the fact that we lost that last episode, I think it has something to do with the fact that I was messing with that reaction, that reaction button on Skype. I really <laughs> feel like that did something. I don't know why, but I was sitting there really, because I mean, obviously it only was 37 minutes, and I just, I, I listened to the episode like twice, and I'm sitting there like, dang, like what happened that could have caused the file to be corrupt? And I was like, maybe it was the fact that I kept messing with that reaction button just being a did, silly child. Did, did you just get bored but, uh, and, and, and your attention span just went? I was just I, I, pretty much like, I saw it and I'm like, let me see. And then like I started messing with stuff and like I was going to do it again today. But I was like, you know what? That probably is what caused the file to be corrupt. So I'm going to leave that alone this time. So it's, it's kind of like keep like, your hands in your lap and just don't. Yes, yes. Stop being a little... ADHD ridden child, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm glad that we're back. It's a, it's another week. 2020 is you know, hitting us with the curveballs week after week, and uh, uh, but still, you know, here we are, and that's that's a blessing. What you got going, man? You know, typical J shit. <laughs> I t- t- to be honest with you, I don't, I don't even know what typical J shit is anymore. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know either. Uh, we, we I, I got JS four out, so you know, you're welcome. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was actually my favorite one because um, it really felt like it was like off the rip. Like you was like, yeah, this is what my mind is right now. This is what I gotta say. And uh, even when I did the the last IG live, I you know pretty much was like referencing some of the stuff that you were saying on there, and you know for me, I mean I like the uh, the garden one, based on the fact that it was you know it was kind of funny, but the last one seemed like you know hey, you know this is where my mind is right now, and it's and we talk about that stuff a lot, yeah, but it it it's just one of those things to where when I hear those topics it's like damn which is continuously a broken record and it's just proof to me that you know somebody that truly believes in that that change that they want to see like that's like true optimism like because we've been saying the same stuff going on four years going on five years yeah 188 episodes bro we haven't really 
I mean, here and there is some unique stuff that we might come up with, but the root of a lot of the stuff we say come down to a lot of the stuff that you said in JS4. How would you summarize JS4? Uh, if I were to summarize it, I would say what's meant for you isn't going to miss, so don't try to pretend to be something you're not. And people can't do that today. No. I think that's really hard for people. I noticed, I mean, because at midnight, you know, I, I deleted my, I, I deleted Instagram because I feel like the only social media app I have on my phone right now that's not necessarily distracting, but it's similar to Twitter or Facebook to where it really provides me no real value at times. And I was spoken about it on IG Live where I was like, you know, and I, I, we put a post up where I was just like, you know, there's nothing wrong with taking breaks away from social media. Mm-hmm. And I really feel like when you're not like tethered to something like Instagram, that's it's so opinionated based and it's so fake, like <laughs> you, you, you kind of feel like you got away from something that you didn't need to know. It's like, I'm glad I'm away from there because they be letting me know shit that I ain't need to know. I ain't need to know that. People post a lot of stuff that make me say, I don't need to know that. Or, okay, that's good. And when, you, when you're when you away from that for a few days, you feel like, you know what? Yeah, <laughs> I didn't need to know a lot of that stuff. And it feels good. You know, so I, I'm sitting here thinking, like, when you say, when you summarize JS4, I'm like, yeah, that, that makes sense. I mean, you just have a lot of people that, are faking the funk. They continue to fake the funk because they're you know they're on platforms to where they feel like faking the funk is necessary. And it gets real old, man. It gets old fast. And they're faking the funk to the point where it's like, okay, you can't fake it and quote unquote make it at the same time. Like eventually you're gonna have to do something other than fake it for it to come to fruition. Like I just can't sit here and fake like I'm a millionaire and then I'm just going to end up being a millionaire eventually because I've, I've, I've mentally adapted to that lifestyle. No, there's going to have to be some actions taking place. There's going to be have some moves that need to be made. There's going to have to be some changes that need to be made in your life. So you just sit. So that's why the whole, you know, we're, we're a sad generation taking happy pictures, you know, faking it until we make it. How do you actually make it? When are, when are you taking the time to make it if you're so busy faking it? And that's the question that nobody's really answering because, like, that's a tough question. I'm just going to keep faking it. I'm going to just keep faking it. I'm going to just p- keep putting on this this clown face. Uh, I'm not, I'm, you know, you, you think I'm happy, but this is just makeup. You know, this, is, <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't real. I mean, in an unpopular opinion, you know, going back to the IG Live, that was one of the things, you know, when I spoke about Chadwick Boseman, Chad, Chadwick Boseman, rest in peace, uh, I definitely felt like it it was scary to see um a man in a position that he was in that was just constantly smiling and nobody knew what was going on and <laughs> all in all that's just terrifying to me to know and, and like I've seen so many things I saw so many things at night you know that obviously influenced me saying yeah I don't really want to hear these opinions and so I'm going to just get away from this but Long story short, you're always you're gonna hear the um, what is what are they? It's like the 
it's basically like the narrative of you never know what anybody's going through. And then you kind of just get to the mindset of like, it really isn't any of your business. Right. Like he might not you have know, wanted it, your it sympathy. Really it's straight up. You know, and then like, and then when, it, when I think about that, you know, obviously think about that over the weekend. I mean, like you just said, people are constantly faking the funk. And you're going to hear things like, oh, this is going to be inspiration to me and motivation to me, just like when Kobe Bryant passed away. You know, it just gets to the point where, like, how much motivation do you need? Like, how many how many lives have to be lost for you to actually change your ways? Whether, whether it was a natural cause, whether it was somebody being slain by police, whether it was somebody, you know, you know, unfortunately, you know, crashing in a, in a car or a helicopter, like, these people's lives, you say that they symbolize something, and then the the next six months to a year later, you're doing the same thing. Like, what is it? It's like we're just we're just talking. It's like is, is, was their life the symbol or was their death the symbol? Because these people lived. That's what I want to know. Like they lived. Like you, you can say I need to change my 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 ways now to continue to live. But it's like, man, this person died. This shows me that life is short. You know, life is short. Why, why, do, why do you have to wait for that realization that, oh, man, life is short, short. Like, yeah. <laughs> We've been saying that for how long? You know. In, before we were born, right? Yeah, in, in, in any given Sunday, like, you know, yeah, life is short. So, you know, you're going to wait till, you know, you get this sign of, of, of whatever. Like, can't why can't that thought process be your sign? Why do you need a sign? Exactly. Just, just you know, I need to get my life better. Boom. There's your sign. <laughs> just straight up, like, I mean, we we say sign, but I mean, there is your common sense. Your life is not together. You need to get it together. Then get it together. Like, we be joking shit off air about, you know, certain rhetoric that is used when people are trying to imply that they're changing or people that are out there that you think that, you know, they learned from stuff. But since 2016, since we've been having these conversations, our conversations haven't changed much because people haven't changed much. And this is going on five years. Like what is going on? Like this is, and this is when, you know, shout out to CJ, the guy that I met yesterday, see me going into the, to a pool with the uh, no boundaries mask on, chopped it up real for a quick second, and he was the first thing he said. All right, what's your podcast about? And I'm like, hey man, you know, honestly, though, we just kind of just critique society, and we don't try to critique society from a from a stance of we're better than people. I mean, we're looking at ourselves too, even th- through the words of advice that we give. Like when we give words of advice, it's not like I'm giving you words of advice that come from, oh, I'm looking down on you, you need to take my advice. And I really hate when people act like they can't give advice. Motherfucker, you can give advice if you're, you know, you're 30-something years old or 20-something years old, you can give advice to a nine-year-old. So the virtue signaling and acting like you can't give advice, that that shit, it, it annoys me so much. But I respect the fact that people recognize, like, they try to humble themselves, but at the same time, it's like, come on. Like, you've been through stuff that I haven't been through. So what you got for me? It's that simple. Yeah. So, but once again, I just try to, you know, I think that's what we do on this show. We critique society in a way and we try to self-reflect. And 
hopefully when people come listen to the show, they have that opportunity to be like, oh, that, that's an interesting point. And rather than try to challenge us or debate us or go to war with us, they just, you know, they self-reflect and they give their own side of the story. Because I only know Welly's side, Jay only knows Jay's side. It's really that simple. But even back to JS4, man, with the whole generation of, of, of happy pictures with sad faces, man, like, that's really a scary thought, man. Like, because I really feel like it's only downhill from there. Because if you're not, if you're not recognizing another topic, uh, we talk, I talked about alcoholism because that was the first addiction that came to mind. And I talked about beating alcoholism and everybody knows Jay, like what's the first step of beating alcoholism? Stop drinking. Or what's the first step in AA? <laughs> to, <laughs> yeah, you, you have, you have to decide you want to stop drinking. Which is recognizing the problem. Yeah. Acknowledging you the problem. You have to admit you yeah. have a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you haven't been to AA, so not I, yet. It's good. I not yet. You don't need to know that. Not yet. But and, and to be honest, because y'all don't even know if that's the real first step. But I've always heard it in movies, so I'm gonna assume that's the first step. <laughs> but like you said, stop drinking. Recognize you have a problem. You know, and and you have to believe you have a problem. And to me, looking at this current generation there are a lot of people out there that don't think that they have a problem. And I say that because I kind of feel like a lot of people do come from a place of I'm doing it right. Y'all the ones doing it wrong. Like, huh? Really? Seriously? <laughs> like you got, you got all the answers way. Cause uh, <laughs> I, I can't tell man. Like, because I look at people's positions in life. Yeah. I was having a conversation the other day. Like, I don't necessarily think there are good or bad parents. I think there are obviously parents out there that are fucking terrible and shouldn't be parents and probably should have their children taken away. But I do believe that there are parents out there with good intentions and they mean well. Mm -hmm. But you know what they say about good intentions. In the end, <laughs> I like to take advice from people that I perceive as good parents, especially the older generation. If I look at them, I'm like, okay, I've seen your kids. I see how you raise your kids. Your kids are pretty solid. I'm going to take your advice. So when it all comes back to it, I just really feel like if you don't like the way Jay and I live, you don't like the way Jay and I are, I wouldn't expect you to take our advice. But I would, I would expect you to perceive our experiences as worthwhile. And if you don't like the way we live, then do the opposite. Exactly. So to speak on, <laughs> so to speak on Kobe Bean and Bozeman, like, once again, I know people look at them like, and, and even even Clifford Robinson and me, this is very random, but it was weird because not too long ago, I was talking about James Harden and how he came from sixth man of the year. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, damn, it's always weird that, you know, this sixth man's always, they, they're left-handed a lot of the times. And I remember Lamar Odom was a left-hander. And I can't... I, I need to go look at some footage, but I swear Clifford Robinson was a left-hander. And I used to always think that that was really unique to me. And he really was one of the 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 oldest six men of the year that I remember. Was Delep Shrimp a six man of the year? Mm, I don't think so. I don't even think that was around. I don't even think that award was around when he was in the league. So was Clifford Robinson one of the first? I would say he was one of the first. Because I know, I know Delep Shrimp and Clifford Robinson possibly overlapped. 
somewhat, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Because I know Cool Coach was a you know, what was what was Cool Coach's hand? Cool Coach was a left hander, and he was the sixth man of the year. And I just always felt that was unique. So Clifford Robinson is just somebody that would periodically come back into my head. Okay, I take and, that uh, back. It it, that it, it, was, it started in eighty three. So, and Dedlin Sharp was sixth man of the year in ninety one and ninety two. Cliff Robinson was in ninety three. Mhm, mhm. And Cool Coach was like ninety six. Ninety six. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me stop, man. I'll, I'll be the flex on y'all. I want to flex on y'all like this. God damn. <laughs> but I, the, the six men of the year award was unique to me, and it's always been unique to me based on the fact that those dudes, they were like a secret weapon almost. Like, them boys, you you thinking that you go, oh, this is starting five. This is all they got. And then you just got this you got this monster that come off the bench that's better than everybody. You're like, talk about, we ain't prepared for this. And I always thought that that was pretty dope. But uh, to, to, to get back on uh, topic, um, I, the most the most important question you asked was what was their what was this what was the sign and what was the what was the motivation their their death or their life i would assume that somebody's life should be more inspiring so when i hear people say oh you know i'm inspired now and this ain't throwing shade at nobody i'm just saying when you say that you're inspired now that somebody died i almost feel like that's an excuse because it's almost like you admire their life but you didn't admire their life enough to emulate it and to better yourself. You waited for them to die for that to be a catalyst to you getting up off your ass. That's just a weird mindset to me. I mean, but you also you also have to look at the perspective too. Like when people are gonna have children, it's kind of like, man, I got you know, I got a son on the way. You know, I got I got to start being better for him. You know, I, I got to set an example. You get a lot of that a lot of that action as well, and you get a lot of that verbally. But you sometimes you don't get a lot of the follow through. That's funny you talk about a child being born because that's a life. That I mean, yeah, because but the the, the creation <laughs> of life, you know, that's what I'm looking at. I got you. I got you. As opposed to somebody passing away, you know, it's like okay, I got I got a I got a new responsibility coming, and I need to better myself. I can't be reckless because now somebody depends on me. Man, Jordan Peterson says it best. Man, he he. I mean. Once again, not those shaded people, but um, I, I was watching a, a conference that he was having, and he spoke on the fact that, you know, I don't think it's even necessarily children, but he did say children. He was like, it's really hard for you to gauge somebody morally, or like, it's really, uh, he, he basically said something along the lines of like, you really know, uh, you, a person really shows their growth when they have to put something, somebody in front of them or being in front of them. And that's why it was like, it's very interesting to look at parents to see where they are mentally, because like you, once again, I don't believe in good or bad parents necessarily, but I do peep parents and I do pay attention to whether they live in a selfless way. Like, and I really feel like you shouldn't even have a choice once you bring a child into this world. So when I see people kind of not doing that, like, they have children. They treat them as accessories, and then the children. The children are. I mean, I know a lot of us were latchkey kids, and that was for reasons that you know are sort of obvious. But when I see the latchkey kids of this generation that don't even need to be latchkey kids, just because some modern people 
just want to go out and have fun and act like they don't have responsibilities of raising children, that baffles me. Because in that moment, I'm like, damn, like, this is your moment to sacrifice and, and show that you're not a selfish person. And you're showing that I don't care if I got children I have to protect. I'm still finna go out here and wild out and act like I don't have responsibility. And I feel like that's a monumental time in a person's life to, to be able to say, you know what, I need to put myself second. I do believe that those kind of people tend to get exploited too, but I still feel like that that shows a, a, a true sign of character when you get to that point of you can follow through and be like, you know what, I got a kid now, I got I to gotta chill out, you know, because I got a whole life I got to protect. Right. And um, for me, that just symbolizes I'm always going to I'm always going to have somebody's life inspire me or I'm always going to value life because once death happens, it's a, it's disappointing to me. It's upsetting because I'm always looking at it like, damn, they probably had so much more to accomplish. They weren't they weren't done with something. And I also always think about the family members because I feel like, damn, like that person probably was a breadwinner. That person probably was a true inspiration to that person's family. And now they're gone. Like, it's not about me. Like, it's not about me. It's not about us. Like, these people are actual human beings that have lives. I also, and, I also know, look I at it. We... I also look at it from the perspective of, like, maybe they had so much left to accomplish. Or maybe what they had to accomplish in a divine sort of way was finished. Like, you know, maybe maybe Chadwick Boseman at 40, 43 accomplished what he was set on this earth to do. Maybe Kobe at 41 accomplished what he was set on this earth to do. And then at that time, you know, you know, pertaining to your religious beliefs or whatever, divine intervention took 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 its hold. And it's like, all right, you know, it's time for you to go, quote unquote, home. It's time for you to return. Your, your job is done. And basically an extent. And like like I like I said, in JS4, you know, Moses was meant to lead the people to the promised land. He just wasn't meant to see it like, you know, this was your job. Your job was to get him out. Your, your job isn't to see it. Your job isn't to dwell there. So, you're, you you know, your mission is complete. So it's it's a lot of that, too. I mean, and that's just, you know, taking a deeper dive. You know, I, I don't have my crystals out in my my, my chakras is on um, Shaka Zulu right now. So. Listen, man, it's okay to it's okay to go into uh, deep thought. I ain't gonna knock you. You can take the throw. That's your lane. That's your lane. No, no, no. Because that that was actually one of the most interesting lines on JS4 when you spoke about Moses. I'm like, okay, okay, I'm, I'm gonna let the chef cook. You know, you, <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do. But that you just that's a very very strong argument. I mean. I'm looking at it from a probably a more selfish standpoint when I feel like he had more to do. But like you just said, you know, depending on what your religious beliefs are, that man was done. He did what he needed to do. Yeah. You know, and that's not a knock on somebody that lives to be 90. And I mean, look at Stan Lee. Stan Lee lived a long time. But Stan Lee clearly had a lot to do. Yeah. You know, it, it is what it is, you know. And, and Jay, isn't that natural selection to an extent? To to the to the definition of. <laughs> I'm just saying. So, you 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 uh, you doomers out there that like to throw that term around. That's why I get upset when I hear people like just kind of just blatantly, you know, use that word, you know, sarcastically as if it's funny in any way. And I'm a person that likes dark humor, but you talk about real life here, and you just talk about natural selection. It's like, dude, 
natural selection doesn't work the way you want it to work all the time. I mean, it is what it, I mean, any of the time. But anyway, uh, that's a real good point, man. I, I, that 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 makes me rethink a lot of things. And the last thing I'm gonna even want to say about that is, you know, not to be critical, but it's it's interesting when you look at these devs. It's almost always like you can possibly look at them and just be like, "What the hell was they thinking?" Like I always thought that about Kobe. I don't say it a lot, and that's why I don't really ever talk about Kobe a lot. And even Nip, even Nipsey, I just always just would question what they had going on to where to what made like obviously, you know, a lot. I think a lot of it was a sense of urgency. Like with Nip, I just kind of felt like. Yeah, Nip, like you this you this neighborhood guy, like you this dude that's true to the streets. Everybody fuck with you. I get it. You wanted to be in your store because once again you wanted to let people know that you that guy, this your spot. You just not like no politician that's pretending to be there. You really here. Mm-hmm. You know, you really here. So it's it's funny to me that he would put not funny, but it's fucked up to me that he didn't know his neighborhood. In a sense. Like I felt like we as black people we should know where we are. And I kind of felt like I've always just quit. Cause I didn't ever really dig too deep, but I just always wondered, like, did he ever feel like his life was in danger or did he feel like he was that nigga so much? Yeah. I I, I, I think he, like, I think he just was like, Oh, I'm neighborhood nip. I'm good. And I'm good in the streets regardless. Like I'm always here. I've always held it down. You know, there's nobody hating on me because you know, this is my hood. This is my block. And sure enough. And, and, and like I said, man, I, I I hate to say it, but like, to me, that's a culture thing when, I mean, it happens, it happens with all, all races. It happens, it happens, it's not race specific. It's just, I feel like American culture, there's a lot of envy there's a lot of bitterness and a lot of resentment towards successful people. I feel like it's either you worship them or you resent them. And to me, in a sense, those both can be very negative because you're, you're idolizing a human being. And I think a lot of these human beings that get idolized really forget who they are at times. Uh, And even like I said, with Kobe, I've always just was like, just kind of awed at the fact that, you know, he had to get on a helicopter at that time. And, like, what was the urgency? You know, I sent you the, um, believe it or not, that's kind of why I sent you the flying car thing. Mm-hmm. The, uh, they have the, the safe drive. Um, they're, they're working. I believe they had the first pilot for the flying car. It was funny because they had, I just realized they had the Jetsons commercial under their commercial. But they have the flying car concept that's coming out. And the concept is kind of cool because it's a car, but I think the car is meant to alleviate traffic. So they'll have flying zones. And in these flying zones, once you get to like, I guess a lot of traffic, especially in a place like LA, you're going to be like, okay, fuck this shit. I can go on the flying. I'm going into a flying zone now. I can take off. And that alleviates traffic. So I I felt like that concept was kind of cool. But then, like I said, I was thinking about Kobe. I'm just like... It, it, it probably ain't that serious, man. Yeah. It probably ain't that serious to have to fly, man. Like, leave earlier. Or, you know, gauge the weather and accept the fact that, you know, these aren't conditions to fly in. And just imagine having a, a bunch of people out there that are similar to his pilot 
that feel like, you know, it's cool, I can make it. And think about how how much that's probably going to bog up the airways and air traffic control. Because that's going to be a different level of air traffic control because obviously these cars aren't going to be going 30,000 feet. Right. You know, so that's going to be a lot different. And it was just interesting to me because... And you you made a comment that the gas and the oil and gas industry ain't gonna let that happen. What you mean by that? I mean if you if if depending on the price of these, they're not gonna let 10 you know. Million. Oh, how, what? <laughs> they talk about ten million right now. That's oh, okay. Well then. Oh, well then. Never mind. Dis- disregard. <laughs> Dis- disregard <laughs> that comment then. <laughs> yeah, I imagine if they're a hundred grand. Let's say if they're a hundred grand. E- easily. How would that be? If they were a hundred grand, uh, feel, it's, it's, it's like not it. easily accessible to the common man. If it was easily accessible no. to the common man, then it might be an issue. Like even 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 most electric cars are you know hybrids, or no. you can only go so far. Like I think I think maybe the cheapest Tesla is what thirty six maybe. And so that's getting to that. Far? That's getting to the to the to the range of the common man. I'd I'd say so. But excuse me. For the most part, your regular people aren't, aren't aren't going out there getting those electric cars, so they're still going to be off of oil and gas, and you know, and that's and that's just one aspect of what oil and gas does. I know there's you know so many other products that are made from petroleum and whatnot, but you know that's what Republicans in office, you know, alternative energy sources aren't aren't the hot thing right now, and I I think a Republican is still going to be in office come next year, so you know. Alternative energy sources aren't going to be at the forefront of everything. I could be wrong because, you know, Democrats historically like to try to look into wind energy and, and anything else, solar energy that they could to stop from the drilling of, of oil. But Republicans say, shit, we need that oil, baby. Big business. Oh, who says something about oil? <laughs> Bitch, you cooking? <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> Goddamn fool, boy. Well... Yeah, what you what you said makes a lot of sense, but I want you to get into your your financial your financial bag real quick. Your financial brain. Let me pick your brain real quick before I get back to Mr. Bozeman. So you talk about the accessibility, and then you said thirty seven thousand is fair to the common man. What did you mean? Like, so in order to get a thirty five thousand dollar vehicle, what does my credit score have to be like, and how much should I be making a year? Well, it's a very good question because lately you've been seeing that the financing on cars is is stretching. It used to be it used to be four years. You know, you get a car, you finance it for four years. Then they stretch out to five. Now it's, it's it's in the seven to eight year range now, but cars are still depreciating at the same at the same time frame. So that car that you're getting that you're paying for for five or six years, by the time you get to that fourth year. You, it's probably cost you more than it's worth at this point, and you're just paying on, on an appreciated asset. If you were going to go trade it in, you wouldn't get what you owe on it. So probably get a quarter, you, if that much, depending on depending on what kind of work you do, and especially in Texas, when everything is a lot of driving, everything is far away, and you know, public transit really isn't used by a lot, a lot of people. So you driving, you putting miles on your car, you you doing, you know. 50 miles a day. So if you were going, if you were going to go, go get a $36,000 vehicle. And if anybody that works in 
the car industry, you know, hears this and knows that my numbers are wrong because I know that my numbers are wrong. Please uh, comment with the accurate numbers. I figure if you come in with six something and you make, let's see, I would say if you make anything below 48, anything below 48,000 a year and you're trying to get a $36,000 car, you could, they would probably finance you. You'd probably get a four and a half percent interest rate. You would probably be paying three fifty for seven years. Jeez. Hold on. Because you're not getting zero percent unless your eight, your credit score is over eight hundred. Plain and simple. So when they hit you with that zero percent for seventy two months. Nigga, you better not have not you the only thing you better be paying is your ATT bill. Hold on real quick, man. Sorry. Cause those are amazing numbers to me. And I just remember like in mid and like early 2019, I was having a conversation with Sean and, and he was he was talking about how like damn near like there there was a, a lot of people out there that were three months behind on their car note. I forgot how it was phrased, but it was almost like 33% of people leasing cars right now, they were three months behind on the car note. This mm-hmm. was in 2019 BC. <laughs> so that's crazy when you think about where we are now. And I can only imagine how many people are behind on their car notes today. And we're talking about a $36,000 vehicle being attainable. I, I don't, man, that's, that's insane. And I'm not saying that you're wrong. It's just because, once again, on the IG Live, were you on the IG Live where they was telling me to, the re, to define what it is to be rich or in poverty? No, I wouldn't know. that Okay, so once again, picking your financial brain, what do you think? being what do you what is the what is the hard dollar amount for somebody that's living in poverty a single person uh i whenever i think of um somebody living in poverty i always kind of refer to the poverty level for wherever you are it has to go by state yeah it has to go by state so let's see let's see what does this say about texas Poverty line is poverty line is twenty four thousand. Hmm. Poverty line is twenty four thousand. Let me see what year. Let me see what year this is. No, let's say twenty thirteen. No. Hello, twenty thirteen. That was a long time ago. Uh. What's that? It says twenty in record seven million Americans. My bad. It says seven million Americans are three months behind on their car main, car payments. A rat, a red flag for the economy. That was February twenty nineteen. But go ahead. Okay, so in twenty thirteen, I'm. I mean, this may not be the most recent available information, but it's right here in front of me, and we do this, you know, in a vacuum. So a family of four, it was twenty four thousand for one person under sixty five, twelve grand. One person under 65. Under 65. 
Poverty line grand. is twelve grand. So it's safe. Okay, so it's safe to say that the median is probably like thirty grand, thirty-five grand. Yeah, yeah, that's safe. That's safe. Okay, okay. I wonder how many. So how many people are live in in Texas are living under the poverty line? According to twenty thirteen, about eighteen percent. So eighteen percent of people living in Texas are below the poverty line. Interesting. The U.S. averages sixteen percent at that time. Oh, okay. So fast forward seven years later. In twenty twenty, now it's 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 still pretty close. Uh, one person is twelve point seven. So you know that went up a couple hundred dollars, but yeah. About the same. So so basically what I'm getting at here is it's finna get worse. Oh it, yeah. It, I mean you 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 seen you seen whole industries permanently deleted. You you I mean, there there's getting to there's coming to a point where if a lot of these people that were living under the poverty line probably worked at McDonald's and they lived alone in an efficiency apartment. What's well, minimum you know, wage? Is it still seven somewhere. and a quarter? I believe so. It ain't over eight dollars out here. You, you, your googling skills are pretty fast right now. You let me know, but I, I don't think it's even. I don't think it's over eight dollars. Okay. If it is, it's probably right at eight or eight twenty-five. Yeah, still seven and a quarter. Still, yeah, I, I'm not surprised. So at I'm seven and a quarter, you work a forty-hour week. You getting. $290 before taxes. Sheesh. So, so that person is, that person is under the poverty line. I mean, if you, you, you what's that? 12 times eight. You're right. You're right above it at 13, nine, but all this is before oh, tax, before tax, before healthcare, before any of that. So after you pull all that out, that's a, that means a lot. You're, 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 you're definitely under there. Cause that's going to hit you. Probably what? 20, 30, let's, let's say 22% of your check. So, so you bring home $8,000 a year? Basically. Good Lord. I mean, I understand why people hate capitalism. Trust me, I get it. I, I think anti-capitalist, they annoy the shit out of me, but I get them. Because you think that that discrepancy in equality is like baffling, but it's like, damn, I really would hope that the majority of people that are living on that wage are still staying with their parents. Mm -hmm. I pray to God they're still staying with their parents and they're under 21 years old. And I hope they don't have children. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, God. But and, that, and, and and we say this, and we know that is not the case, man. We know it's not. That Those that also brings up kids than us. an interesting point, and because you know, refer back to the conversation we have we have um, with Jazz, where she said, you know, if I live with a man and we're splitting splitting bills down the middle, we're not in a relationship; we're just roommates. So I would I, I and, and I think I was like I thought it was wrong. I was like no, nah, but then it's like that's true, because like if I'm making. Thirty percent more than you make, I should be paying thirty percent more of the bills. 
if that's how you if that's how you're morally set up. If that's how you're morally I mean, I set think up, that true. Down to morals. Yeah. Because this is the thing. If am I paying thirty percent of the bills, but then I'm still taking care of eighty percent of the leisure activities we're doing. Yeah. Like we're t- we're t- we're talking about being able to sustain a livelihood. We want to be able to live in a home. We want to be able to make groceries, make sure our groceries are coming in. Uh, utilities are being paid. I feel like those are fixed things. Those things are fixed into what you make. Mm-hmm. So after that is said, what? Because once again, living in a capitalist country, living in a first world country, living in the Western world, however you want to frame it, when you look at that dynamic of being in a relationship, you got you, you have to be realistic in the way that you conduct that relationship. And to a degree, you kind of have to look at it in a, on, on, in a, on a business scale, meaning this is just one factor of the relationship. Now we get to what about the sex? What about the trips? What about the dinner dates? What car are we using? Are we paying car notes? Is there a kid in the picture? Like a Brady Bunch situation, stepchild situation we're playing, paying in. Um, are you paying for your own grooming? Uh, the cosmetics? You know, it gets deep in a first world relationship. Yeah. So we're, we're talking in, in, in a lot of those things that I just listed there. You're probably like, wait, what are you talking about sex? Because I'm talking about time. Because, you know, and, and obviously when I say, when I talk about sex, I'm not, sex is, sex to a degree, you know, is not something that is necessarily fixed in, but people expect it. And once again, it's time. So, so when you look at all the different angles of a relationship, the one thing that is fixed in is the fact that you got to live somewhere. Just saying, that's one thing that's fixed in. Unless y'all both living with y'all parents, like the fact that y'all are living together somewhere is something that if y'all bust that down the middle, it to me, it doesn't necessarily take away from the fact that y'all have so many more important things to discuss. Like you can literally knock out this shit and be like, okay, cool. We knocked that down the half. But what about everything else? That's why... That's why the debate about sharing accounts after marriage is an interesting one to me, because how do I mean to me? <laughs> there was this communist meme floating around where it's like Bugs Bunny, and then it has the the communist logo, and basically like there's always this sentence, and then you see a picture of Bugs Bunny, and he's like we, and it's funny because it's like people tend to in relationships, especially people tend to use. I and we at their own will. Like they do it when they want. Mm-hmm. And it's like, bro, we ain't we're not speaking French. <laughs> like it's just it's just some instances in this like it's either gonna be I all the time or it's gonna be we all the time. And I really feel like that's a dynamic in relationships that's truly interesting. And like I said, I get it. Capitalism can definitely be the devil, but I really feel like politics which uh, I believe this is something. Did we talk about politics on the last episode or did we talk about politics on the last episode? Um, my brain is... Remember I was talking about politics on how, on how basically I'm the type of person that doesn't necessarily care about American democracy. I think that American was the last politics. episode. Okay. So, where we said, where we said you, can, you can not care but still be informed. Exactly. And I feel like this is politics. 
you're two people in a relationship and there's going to be politics within that relationship and the politics within that relationship are how things are going to be distributed. Mm-hmm. Whether you take it on as a communist, a socialist, a capitalist, it doesn't matter. Eventually, two, these two people are going to have to come to the agreements, agreements between each other to keep the peace. And I really feel like value systems are going to be very important in this situation in order to keep the peace. It's not going to be perfect, but come on now. I mean, it could, it could get down to the pettiest of levels. It's like, all right, since we splitting everything, I'm going to do my laundry. You do your own laundry. I'm going to cook my meals. You oh. cook your own meals. Then you basically are roommates once you get down to that level. And see, me, since I work in the financial industry, I always look at it from a financial standpoint. And like I mentioned in my example, if I make 30% more money, then I expect to pay 30% more of the bills. But, you know, you calculate that down. It's like, all right, if the mortgage is $1,000, you know, I'm going to pay X amount and you're going to pay X amount. And it's just like, all right, cool, whatever, because you know, you're going to pay 30% more. Okay, fine. Because I don't, because if you just sit there and you split it down the middle and I make more money, it's like, yeah, this is great for me. Cause I'm still coming out on the, on the, on the top end, but now you're paying like, well, shit, I'm, I'm covering all these bills. And then like you said, all right, so does that mean since you make more money, you pay less in bills? Do you cover all the expenses? Do you cover the grooming? Like, are, are you covering all the extra? Are you covering those variables like groceries that 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 isn't the same bill every week? Like, how does that how does that work out? And so it all depends on, on, on your value system. And I've said this numerous times on the episode, like on, on previous episodes, I believe in having separate accounts and I believe in having a joint account because you make your own money. I'm not going to tell you how to spend it. I make my own money. You shouldn't be able to tell me how to spend it. And it's like, and, and I'm the type of person, I check my bank account every single day. I check my bank account today on a Sunday and I know ain't nothing coming out and ain't nothing going in, but I still looked at it. And so I don't want to check an account and see that you made this person, made that person, made this person. I start feeling some type of way. I taught E to do that. He thought I was crazy when I said, I say, man, hey, man, one of the first few things you should do when you get up in the morning, you know, brush your teeth, wash your face, eat breakfast, but make sure that you check that bank account. Yeah, and he obviously not spending money like that, but just make sure that you're not seeing something come out that shouldn't come out, because we do have hackers out there. Like, you know, it's just I feel like living in this country, those are just common common things. Those are common sense things that you should do. People might not like it, but that's the reality. And that's the thing that 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 makes me laugh about this generation. Everything that people are too lazy to do or they don't want to do. They make it seem like it's evil. They make it seem like it's the devil. When in the end, you're just gonna find you're gonna find whatever way to justify this being satanic or evil. Like even with the mask thing, I tell people all the time with the mask thing, I don't care about wearing a mask. I just know how almost useless they are, and I just hate the fact that there are people out there that make me look dumb. Because there are people out there that make it seem like masks are satanic. Just basically saying, like, there are conspiracy theorists out there that take it too far. Like, with the Kobe thing, and even with the Chadwick Boseman thing, you're going to see conspiracy theories. You're going to hear conspiracy theories. And that's the people that just take it too far and just don't want to leave well enough alone. Because even if you were to prove some of these conspiracy theories, what is it really going to do for your life? (laughs) Okay, you're right. Now how do we move on? Like I said, it's not about right and wrong. It's about moving on. People don't want to, man. People don't want to. And and, and once again, I know I've said this numerous times on this episode. We've been talking about the same shit for going on five years now. And that means that a lot of shit hasn't changed. 
you people don't want to people don't want to accept it. People don't people want to argue that fact. But when you see us yelling out, we been new. It's not like we're even being prophetic. We're just reflecting on the past and we're seeing the pattern. Like a lot of shit not changing. We're being played. I've been saying this for a long time. We're being played, especially the black community. But not even to just play victim. If you're not a part of the 1%, if you're not a huge money maker, if you're not a politician, if you don't have a voice in your community, you're being played. If you don't have a plug, some inside connects to offer you information that is probably considered confidential, like you're probably being played. Me and me and Jay, Jay and I, we're just two average citizens at the end of the day. And all we can do is use our common sense to navigate through this fucked up society. And conspiracy theories or not, <laughs> we just know we being played. Oh yeah. We don't know everything. We don't know everything. But what, really what they what the information that they've given us, we can only take to a certain point. And once we get to that point, like you said, you either gotta know somebody on the inside or you know, you have to be touch with the divine spirit to know things that are beyond your and Miss Cleo's reach. But whatever that information is, you just don't know it. So like we always say, they're showing they're, they're showing you this and they're doing something behind your back. And and you just gotta you kinda gotta accept like, all right, I'm not getting the whole truth. I'm not getting the whole truth from the government. I'm not getting the whole truth from my friends. I'm not getting the whole truth from my family. I'm not getting the whole truth from my spouse. I'm not getting the whole truth from my job. Because if Never mind. I'll, I'll talk about that off air. But that, that that's something real good. <laughs> that's real good. That, you, you basically it makes it easy for me to segue into this next point. Another topic I talked about on the IG live. I kept talking about the big picture, the bigger picture. Shout out to little baby. But he even he 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 talked. He said a line in there where he was like, "Nobody talking about COVID. Nobody remember." And it's just funny to me how like I keep saying this, but they keep giving us these emotional snapshots of things. And then it's like, for me, the the biggest headline of 2020 are the lockdowns in COVID-19. So whenever I see them doing this race-baiting shit and using black people as pawns, using black deaths as pawns or just distractions, that pisses me off. Because I'm like, bro, we need to figure out how these, how these lockdowns are going to end and what y'all, what's, what's the final solution with COVID-19? Because these two things, believe it or not, are catalysts to why motherfuckers are fighting in the street. These two things are the catalyst to why there's looting, rioting, peaceful protesting, and massive unemployment going on. You take out these two things, and I guarantee you these other things, people won't even be paying attention to them no more because they'll be too busy. Yep. They'll be too busy working. <laughs> they'll be too busy not worried about getting the fucking virus. They can get back on their purpose. Like I said, you got it to where people are going to sex work virtually in tremendous numbers due to the fact that they don't have anything else to do. <laughs> it's like, like I, I, I got, I got, I don't have the most skills in the world. A lot of jobs aren't hiring. So now I gotta go to, I hate, I hate, I don't really feel like that shit is sex work, but that's a topic for another day. But they have to do that virtually in order to maintain a living. And that's scary 
because in in the end, if there were just more opportunities for people, wouldn't be in these positions. I don't care how sexual and how liberated you are. Sex work, the the e-thottery shouldn't it, it shouldn't be a first option. It's definitely gonna be a last resort. That's why I don't knock it because I know once you get to that point, you like damn. This is probably the safest thing I can do and the most efficient, uh, most effective thing I can do that's going to bring me some money. And I always told you, Jay, like, I'm not the person that's going to be, like, marrying a chick that has OnlyFans or dating a chick that has OnlyFans, but, shit, I understand her. Yeah. I understand the game. I don't, I, I, I understand, I hate the game. I don't hate the player. <laughs> I can understand yeah. something and not like it. Two things can be true. We we, I'm pretty sure we spoke of this many times. But just because I disagree with you doesn't mean I hate you. <laughs> like that's I it. Like it, that's we've we, the the nuance in society, the gray area. If you're in the gray area, you're the enemy, and I'm fine with that. But I know that I live in the gray area, and I know that I'm the enemy to a lot of people. They call me misogynist. They call me homophobic, transphobic. They call me racist. I'm just like, oh, I'm racist now. I've been called alt-right online. They have literally called me alt-right. They've called me a Nazi online. They, they've called me a fascist. They've called me all kinds of things. They've called me cracker. And I'm just like, wow. <laughs> wow. Just because I don't agree with your bullshit. You know, I'm just like, and I don't care. And I just, I'm to the point where it doesn't matter anymore because I know... Like, they, my favorite one is tinfoil hat. They always be like, where's your tinfoil hat? I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I can't find it right now. But I got on a do-rag. Um, <laughs> it's like you see those those anti-maskers like, oh, well, you're taking you're taking away my, my right of this, this, and this. Okay, well, I got a right to refuse you service. So... <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean it's it was... It was Decades and decades of no shoes, no shirt, no service. They just added a mask to it. If you want the service, put the mask on for the little 15, 20 minutes you in now. Take that shit off. But then, the, but the, although I hate the term anti-masker because it sounds so much like anti-vaxxer. I think anti-vaxxers are, are fucking wild. They're kind of loony, loony. But for me, I agree with what you're saying. And it, it it's it's really so fucking simple. And at the same time, I get where they're coming from. It's just the fact of the matter is you can go about different ways of doing this. If you don't want to wear a mask, don't wear a mask. Now you gotta shop on Amazon, or now you gotta sh- now you gotta search or go out your way and find a place where. And I've said this before. A lot of mom and pop stores they don't give a fuck about you wearing a mask. It's the big box stores that care about you wearing a mask because they, they've politicized this and they, they have a lot on the line, the big box stores, but the mom and pop stores, a lot of them just trying to survive again. So they not, they don't, they don't have, they can't afford to refuse the service. You know what I'm saying? It's the big box stores that can refuse the service. So I agree with you. If you don't want to wear a mask, don't wear a mask. You just ain't getting no business here. There are places where you can still go to and not wear a mask. You just gotta not be. You get. You can't be lazy. Yeah. That's what it all comes down to. You just can't be lazy. I mean, I don't. I don't love Amazon, but at the same time, it is an efficient service. And with that being said, I don't care about Jeff Bezos being a fucking quintillionaire. 
It doesn't matter because at the same time, I'm going to say this again and again. If that was Mr. Brooks that was getting that paper, if Beyonce owned Amazon, <laughs> and this was Beyonce that was a trillionaire right now, we'd be having all kind of, oh, that's the queen, oh, Lord Bay, and blah, blah, blah. Man, cut it out. He's just a white man that was a step ahead of the game, and it took him 22 plus years to get to this point. Once again, don't hate the player, hate the game. Can I can I just it's say one simple. thing? What up, man? Jeff Bezos is worth two hundred billion. Yes. That does not mean he has two hundred billion dollars sitting in a bank account somewhere. And I need people to understand that. I I I need. I need like need people to understand that. Cause I'll be on I'll be on the interwebs and I'll see oh Jeff Bezos has two hundred billion dollars. The the total student loan debt in the country is this much. He should just pay it. He doesn't have two hundred billion dollars. I need y'all to know the difference in asset classes. I need y'all to. You have you have you have love you have liquid assets you have you have investments that are that are available for sale you have vest investments that are held to maturity you got real estate you have property planning equipment there are so many different asset classes he has accounts receivables like there are so many different asset classes that total that 200 billion and I can guarantee you the vast majority of it isn't cash because cash doesn't make you any money you're not speaking English alright you gotta speak English fuck it I'm done <laughs> you gotta speak English man you're speaking in these fancy financial terms I don't understand dumb it down I'm done that's, that's do. it that's it I'm done <laughs> Done. Come on, man. That shit hurt, bro. Jay said you gotta. Dump, Jay said you gotta dumb it down. That shit hurt, bro. <laughs> it's like, it's like, okay, if I give Well fifty dollars and Well says he's gonna pay me back in ninety days, that is an account receivable that I have. It's an account payable that Well has, and since that's an account receivable that I have, I can account. I can account that fifty dollars into my net worth. Because that net, that fifty dollars is coming to me eventually. Mm-hmm. And if you don't get it in ninety days, what you gonna do? If I don't get it in ninety days, I'm gonna kick well back it. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna pull up? I'm gonna, gonna pull, pull up. up. <laughs> like, I ain't Jeff Bezos. I need that fifty. If I <laughs> if I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I build a building that is fucking humongous. And I get it appraised, and they say it's worth $30 million. That $30 million is now a part of my net worth because I can sell this building for $30 million. Yes, sir. I don't have $30 million cash, but I have a building that's worth $30 million. Yes, sir. If I invest in Amazon mm-hmm. and... Mm-hmm. I invest $2 million in Amazon. I have $2 million in Amazon stock that is available for sale, which means I can sell that stock and then I can get $2 million depending on the, you know, the market or whatever. I can get $2 million. I don't have $2 million in cash. 
I have $2 million in Amazon stock, but that's counted in my net worth. If I invest in the Harris County Municipal Department and they're doing a bond for a school that they're building and it's a, let's say it's a 20 year bond. That means I bought this bond and in 20 years it's going to mature, which means in 20 years I get money back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. have cash, you don't but have I have cash. this bond. Gotcha, gotcha. If I buy stock from Walmart, and no, Walmart's probably owned. If I buy stock from HP and it has a maturity date of 2034, that means I have to hold on to this stock for the next 14 years. Okay. okay. It's not cash, but it has okay. value. And you could you could put that to your network. I can put that to my net worth. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, okay. So I'm it's not all you kind of speak English. And the thing about this is when I'm putting this cash today, I'm hoping that it appreciates tomorrow. Okay, okay. Unlike my car. Unlike your car. Yeah, my car ain't worth nothing. Guns and butter, baby. Guns and butter. <laughs> definitely, definitely. You know who uh, Robert Church is? I do not know who Robert Church is. He was the first millionaire. He was the first African-American millionaire in the South in um, in the in the early 1900s. He was, uh, I want to say he was a state guy. Um I think he. I'm bringing him up because he his birthday was yesterday, August 29th. You uh, know, just wanted to say hi, hi, happy birthday to Robert Reed. <laughs> just Robert just Reed or Robert Church? He did. It's Robert Reed Church. Okay. Um, it, he did something that to me was amazing for his time, and I still don't understand how he did it, but it kind of sounds like he did it in ways that you talked about. Because I think it he had like real estate and he had banks and things like that. And he was classified as the first African-American millionaire. And um, I don't know if it was male millionaire or what, but first African-American millionaire, Memphis, Tennessee. Pretty sure he has plenty of monuments up in uh, Tennessee. I, I don't know, unless they tore him down. Um, Jay-Z way, does not have a billion dollars in... Never mind. I'm done. <laughs> Look, man, I'm just... Before we conclude, I just want people to understand that it is possible to make it in this country, regardless of how you project your racism. Like people, I think people have gotten to the point where they have internalized this hate for people of different backgrounds. And they, they, they just automatically assume everybody hates them and they feel like it's making them is making it impossible for them to, to make it anywhere. And I'm just saying like, I, I even hear it, with um, the mindset of, oh, if I had a gun and I was walking up the street, the cops would kill me. And I just had to point out, I'm like, hey, man, the Black Panthers were basically in front of a Capitol building with, with assault rifles, and they were just arrested. And this was during the Jim Crow era where you would expect them niggas to get lynched that day. You know what I'm saying? So I'm saying all this to say that, you know, we, we, we can talk about billionaires, we can talk about money and all that. That shit still ain't finna solve a lot of y'all problems. A lot of the money that y'all make, because I've seen what a lot of people did with $1,200. I've seen a lot of people deal with these PPP loans that the Fed's going to come get them for. And a lot of y'all ain't do shit with it. And 
somebody was chopping it up with me about reparations, and I'm just, I, I'm going to say it again, man. It really ain't, it's not money that's going to solve a lot of y'all problems. It sound good. You feel like it's going to solve y'all problems, but in all honesty, the way some of y'all living now, I think money is just going to add to y'all problems because a lot of y'all need psychological help. A lot of y'all need true soul searching. I've said this many times. It is not a, it's not, a, it's not a money issue. It's not a financial issue, but I can't agree with you guys that it is an opportunity issue. If a lot of you guys aren't seeing the same opportunities as your neighbors, it can get tough. But just understand, if you keep projecting this hate towards other groups of people, when that opportunity arises, you won't even recognize it. Because you're going to be so full of hate and anger that you're not going to want to take any advice from somebody that's probably just trying to help you out based on the fact that, oh, this is a white lady. What is what this white lady trying to do for me? She probably trying to get over on me. When at the end of the day, she might be trying to help you out. And it's some people, it's some black people that won't take a take help from other black people just based on the fact that they feel like that black person is bougie, bougie or a coon or something like that. That shit, when the opportunities come knocking, I'm telling you now, a lot of them opportunities are going to come knocking again. They're going to knock one time, they're going to keep it moving. And you're going to be sitting there bitter and pissed off the rest of your life based on the fact that you've internalized so much of this hate and you projected it on the other people. It's nonsense. We, we've been seeing black millionaires since the beginning of time. So I'm not saying that you can necessarily become a millionaire, but you damn sure can be successful. Stop bullshitting. And that ain't even words of advice. It, it, it hit like it was, though. No, just, I'm just being like, I just, I hear you talk about this financial stuff, but I'm just like, hey, man, like, I see a lot of people walking around like they got it. We see it online all day. That's one of the things I, I despise about social media. Like, these, 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 y'all got, I love the fact that y'all want to be happy. I like the fact that y'all want to project to the world that you guys are happy. But if it ain't real ha genuine happiness, then you just a clown. You just a clown that's truly sad, that has the pain on a smile, and that shit, that's painful, man. Like, I don't want to see my people constantly in a position of where they can't really be happy. Let's really be happy out here. Let's really be, you know, dancing in high spirits rather than trying to dance as a coping mechanism. That shit is scary. But, um, anyways, man, I don't even know what time we on now because of the fact that we had that little blip. Yeah. But I'm good. They won't, rec they won't recognize it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You producer of the year, man. Say, chill, 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 up, chill, chill, chill. Yeah, keep it up, brother. You, how you gonna tell me I'm producer of the year in a bad year? <laughs> hey, that's how it works, man. That's how it works. God, God works in mysterious ways. Hey, man, remember, remember when they was having them steps in the Dominican Republic? Having what in the Dominican Republic? Those tourist deaths. Yeah, I remember that. Every time, remember, remember we was supposed, we was supposed to go to Puerto Rico. We was supposed to go to DR. But we went to Puerto Rico. Right. And I have I have was thinking about that the other day. And I was like, why didn't we go to the Dominican Republic? And I remember it was because they was having those tourist deaths. I bring this up because do you think that some of those tourist deaths possibly was COVID? Or do you think that was the alcohol poisoning thing that they was talking about? And do you think people are acting in a similar fashion to the DR tourist deaths to where they're acting with COVID. Because, I mean, 
when you look at the numbers, I think it ended up being like 10 people, 10 U.S. tourists had died. And like, if you think about it, the news kind of treated that shit like it was a pandemic. Yeah. And it was 10 people that died. So I just, you know, I don't, I guess I don't have a real solid question, but like, have you like thought about that recently? Be like, damn, I wonder what ever happened with that. I haven't really thought about it, but I can I can see the logic behind it because I've talked to several people who was like, man, yeah, I'm pretty sure I had COVID back in November, back before, you know, it was in the news feeds. So I can see the logic behind it of unknown deaths. And it's like, oh, it's just alcohol poison. It's like, you know, that's being very specific that you're poisoning, you know, these specific people at these specific times that, you, you know, you're getting this drink or, or this bottle or whatever. And then. You know, what What do you have to gain from it? What are you gaining from it? You're not gaining anything from it. You're not a serial killer that's gaining notoriety even. So, I mean, nah. it's, 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 it's in the realm of possibility. Yeah, yeah, that was just interesting to me. I was like, damn, man, because I'd be laughing at the fact that you felt like ever since Puerto Rico shit just went to hell, and I was like, man, I wonder if it would have been different if we went to Dominican Republic. Mm. Just saying, I don't even, I, have, I didn't even get a chance to look at how Dominican Republic was doing with their COVID shit. Like, I don't even know if they if they're feeling you know faring any better than we are. I mean, once again, when you look at the numbers, I think we're doing fine. Or you uh, see Australia, they I, shut I the think, whole they shut the whole <laughs> the whole country down for three people. Hey, bro, Australia, New Zealand, these places were toted as the model of how to do this shit, and I'm just like, I keep saying like, I was telling JJ this last night, bro. We have this weird obsession with labels and respecting them because of our conditioning. For instance, what does it take to become a doctor, to have a PhD? It takes years and years of university schooling, reading and practice. All right. So what if somebody did all those things and then they just didn't finish? But they got a lot of that information. Let's say it takes eight years, and they got about seven and a half years of it. You're not going to call them a doctor, right? No. But would you respect their opinion? Would you respect their take on medical issues? You'd be like, well, you might not have passed, but you know a lot of shit. And I, I mean, I, I don't I don't really need to it's a rhetorical question, but I think a lot of people will search out that PhD and then just look at the person that doesn't have the PhD and look down on them as if they don't have a brain, not knowing why they couldn't, like, they could, they probably didn't finish because of financial reasons or due to stress for losing something, you know? But then they look at this person like, well, you ain't got a PhD, so your opinion is invalid. I just really hate that mindset because it almost feels like people don't value, not even necessarily the opinions, but the information given to them by people that may have put in the work to actually study some of this stuff. And they probably, I think it's probably people that have mindsets of a doctor that don't even want to be doctors. Yeah. They probably doing something totally different. And they like, yeah, I studied to be a doctor, but shit, I felt like just being a, a, a train operator, uh, you know, uh, my dumb ass said train operator, a conductor was, uh, <laughs> I get more joy out of this. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, and, and they say something like, well, you don't know anything because you don't have a PhD. I just really feel like that's a part, that's an underlying problem that we have. And, and I, and I say that because a lot of shit that's going on right now, it's always people yelling, Oh, misinformation and this and that. But I'm like, some of this shit seems pretty logical to me. And 
a lot of stuff that we've learned over time, you know, I, I don't think I don't think some of this stuff takes degrees. Like I said, New Zealand and Australia are like on full lockdown. But if y'all was really on full lockdown to that point, how did those three people get COVID? They had to be Is exposed somewhere. Systems are weak now. Yeah, like like what's going on? Is it how are y'all the model? And y'all did all this locking down, and here you are now on lockdown again. Is it even really about COVID? Are y'all just on some underhanded authoritarianism type shit, and you trying to do some new world? Like this shit gets spooky, man, because it's almost like dog, y'all really over here tripping when y'all probably shouldn't be tripping this much. But I digress. <laughs> but lastly, I'd like to say about Chadwick Boseman because I had spoke on Nip and Kobe. Uh, I just, I really just hope that he took his health serious because that's one of the things that kind of scared me with the whole situation. I was just like, you know, everybody was kind of championing him for doing what he did in those four years when he was fighting the cancer. And I was just like, man, the media is some snitches. People can't keep secrets, bro. ABC 13? They be on some ABC 13 shit. And I'm just, all I'm saying is for the people that was around him and the people that know more than us, I really hope that y'all kept this a secret because he was trying his hardest and he just wanted to overcome it without the sympathy from people or without possibly losing a job or people worrying about him. That's like me. I don't like people worrying about me. But I just hope that he took it serious because um, it's really crazy when you think about the fact that, once again, you said that his work was done. And I'm just like, damn. It's just amazing to me that, you know, he had so much stuff in the works. Because I don't even think he had even started yet. No. Just in my opinion. Because like when I really look at this filmography... I've, really, I've started paying attention to him maybe 2013, and like I said on the live, my favorite movie from him is uh, Get On Up, when he did James Brown. That was and a great it, movie. It's, it's really because it caught me off guard, because I didn't think it was going to be good, and he didn't look nothing like James Brown, but the swag and the energy that he brought to that character was like, I like this guy. Yeah. And I, and I never really had a problem with him since. I mean, I wasn't the biggest fan of Black Panther only because I didn't like that. Um, I didn't like the portrayal of Black Panther in that movie. In Civil War, he was a badass. He came in Civil War. I'm like, oh, he bought that business. Like he was, he was out for blood. He seemed more motivated. And, yeah, and then in Black Panther, he just got washed the whole time, and I, that bothered me. I was like, oh, he just get washed. Everybody seemed tougher than him, and that just bothered me. But I don't even, I can't even speak on that. My brother told me I can't speak on that no more. But, um, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> either way, man, I just hope he took his health serious. And that's that's low key my words of advice. My words of advice is, man, man, health is wealth. And uh, I believe on a lost episode, we talk about, you know, health and the different uh, factors of health. But, like, health is wealth. Like, I personally, to me, I don't care what you got going on. If you ain't feeling right, mentally, physically, spiritually, you got to check that shit first. Because if you don't check that shit first, nothing else going to matter. And nothing else going to matter when that, when that clock stops ticking. And I, and I do believe that we have a lot more control in that than we think, regardless of natural selection. Hmm. But that's my words of advice. 
See, I'm going to pull um, my words of advice um, from one Joseph Anthony Budden, professionally known as Joe Budden, from uh, his No Church in the Wild freestyle. He says, sometimes a liar's mouth can be full of truth. I done heard gospel from a sinner. Told me to season my pride if that's dinner. So what I take from that is don't let your pride and ego lead you to be wrong. And you just and you're just so prideful and you're just so egotistical that you just sit in a in a space that you know you're wrong and it's just like, well, fuck it. I'm here now. I'm too prideful to admit that I'm wrong. So I'm just gonna sit here and be wrong. Be able to humble yourself and understand that, hey, I'm not right all the time. Nobody's right all the time. I'm gonna have to, you know, swallow my pride on this one and you know, say, hey, I made a decision. It was the wrong one. I own it, but I acknowledge that it wasn't the right choice to make. AKA, don't be a narcissist. Don't be a narcissist. <laughs> Straight up, bro. And I, I didn't even want to speak on that that narcissism thing because that would be a four-hour episode. But uh, either way, that's some, that's some solid advice, man. And um, all I'm going to say is... Make sure that you go to iTunes if you are listening to us on iTunes. And once again, leave a rating. I don't care if the rating is a one, a three, or a five. Leave a rating because you already know we want the smoke. <gasps> we don't mind it at all. <laughs> Ain't nothing changed. And with that being said. This has been the No Boundaries Podcast. Thank you for listening. But. Ever since the dawn of civilization, people have craved for an understanding of the underlying order of the world. There ought to be something very special about the boundary conditions of the universe. And what can be more special than that there is no boundary?